Good morning, church family. Come on, can we give praise today to the Almighty? There's nothing that our God can't do. Come on, let's think about that. Just one word, you calm the storm that surrounds me. In just one word, the darkness has to retreat. In just one touch, I feel the presence of heaven. In just one touch. My eyes were open to see, my heart can't help but believe. There's nothing that I can't get it's not a mountain that he can't move. We'll praise the name that makes a way, there's nothing that I can't do. In just one word, you heal what's broken inside. one word and you revive every dream come on with just one touch and just one touch I feel the power of heaven and just one touch my eyes are open to see my heart can help but believe it's nothing that I can't get it's not It's not a mountain that he 
in this place, Lord. Thank you for the work, the cross, Lord, and everything that you're doing. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Hey, church, you know, I opened up my app this morning, and if you're following along with our devotional for our Easter devotional, man, I love this verse that Javier put in there. It says, then calling the crowd to join the disciples, he said, if any of you want to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross, and what? Follow me. I love it because it takes us right into this next song that we're about to sing and lift it up because it says, guess what? It says, yes, I will. Amen. Lord, I want to follow you. Let's sing that together, shall we? Come on, lift it up. Because I count on one thing, the same God who's never late. He will fail me now. He won't fail me. same God who's never late. He's working all things out. You're working all things out. Oh yes, I will. Come on. It's your
Yes, I will. I love that line. It says, I choose to praise. I choose to praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that we get to be in this place, Lord, not because, Lord, your mercy, Lord, allows us, Lord, to make that choice, Lord, to be here with you. Lord, and thank you, Lord, for this body of believers, Lord, together here, Lord, that have chosen to be in this place, Lord, to give you praise and the honor. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let's continue to worship in church. You're so good. We sing about your goodness, Lord. And all the things that you have done, Lord. We give you thanks, Lord. We give you the thanks, Jesus. Amazing love. Sing it. Amazing love that welcomes me. The kindness of mercy. Then but when blood wholeheartedly my soul undeserving and God you're so good every voice say God yes you're so tell him how good he is in your life come on oh God you're so good you're so
with me. Say, God, you're so good. Sing it. Let his choir sing, God, you're so good. Oh, Oh, let his people sing, he's good. just a song 
It's not just something, Lord, that we learn because it's up on a screen, Lord. It's this prayer of gratitude that we have, Lord, for who you are, Lord, and what you have done for us. The undeserving love, the mercy, the grace, it's everything that you have done. God, you are so good. Lord, the stories we could share and everything you have done, but Lord, you are so good. Thank you, Lord, for everything. Lord, we say, Lord, thank you for this time, Lord, that we get to shout it out together, Lord, and we get to celebrate, Lord, your goodness here today, Lord. In spite of everything, Lord, in spite, like I said earlier, Lord, that rear view mirror, sometimes it's not pretty. But Lord, we stand here, Lord, because of your goodness. We're able to stand in this place, Lord, because of your goodness. No matter what's in that rear view mirror, Lord, I stand here, Lord, because of your goodness. Because you are good. Or because you are good, Lord. Because you are merciful, Lord. Because you are graceful, Lord. You're such a gracious God. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for this time together. And thank you, Lord, for that beautiful reminder, Lord, that you are good, Lord. And and no matter what's going on, no matter what's going on, Lord, we can come into your presence, Lord. And you overwhelm us, Lord, with your peace in that presence, Lord. And thank you for that peace, Lord. Thank you for your presence. Lord, we breathe in. I love that, Lord, that we breathe in grace, Lord, as we breathe out your praise today, Lord, and thank you for that. Thank you for this time together, Lord. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Will you celebrate what the Lord has done today? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. He is so good. Amen. Hey, church, while you're celebrating and up and there and just so happy to be with you, church, why don't we greet one another in Jesus' name. family. Good morning, church. Man, what an awesome time of worship. Honestly, oh my goodness, to be able to hear all the voices of God's people in this room, it was so beautiful. It was. It's just like I always say, Lena, it's just beautiful, beautiful choir that we call New Beginnings Church every Sunday and every Wednesday. Can we just celebrate what the Lord is doing, church? Yes. Right? Amen. Come on, let's do it. Here in this house, Man, we, we understand the move of God, church, when, man, his, his people sing, mm-hmm. right? right. Worship is this intimate language that we speak. And, mm-hmm. man, it, those of you watching from home, we want to welcome you. And I wish you could feel that. And I hope you can feel it at home because, oh, wow, the Spirit of the Lord is, wow, it is palpable. It is palpable. It is here. Absolutely. And uh, I'm sure it is at home as well. Well, church, we want to welcome you into his house. My name is Michael Romero. I am your worship pastor here at New Beginnings. 
Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. My name is Lena Mazuranich, and I'm a volunteer here at New Beginnings. Hey, church, we want to welcome you today. It's a very special day for a, just a myriad of reasons. One today is Baptism Sunday, right? That's so right, we, that's right. Today is Baptism Sunday, and of course, today Baptism Sunday is, you know, baptisms happen right after second service, and I know this is first service, but if you happen to be in around the area after breakfast or after lunch, and you're like, hey, we, we've got a little bit of time. We would love for you to stop by and celebrate mm -hmm. with your brothers and sisters that are getting baptized today. Because there's a few of them getting baptized right. today. If you say, hey, Amen. we're just around the corner. I, we would love for you to come back and just celebrate with our brothers and sisters. That's going to happen right after second service. And then second, Lena, it's so awesome because everybody, I know we're all overjoyed. Pastor Richard is back today. Yeah. Amen. Wow. Can we celebrate that? Yeah. Yeah, we're so happy to have him back, and you know, we we shared this this time with Pastor Cindy, you know, and she was in worship, and man, it's just so good to have them both back. It is. And um, I know it's it's going to be a little a little bit different for a few weeks, you know. We we got to give him his space still, and he's 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 good, he's he's ready to go. But the doctors have asked that we give him his space, and so to put some things in place. So we're asking that, of course. You're going to see some people just kind of making sure and safeguarding pastor to make sure that he doesn't you know, trip. There's especially up here, you know, there are cords and there are trip hazards. And we want to make sure that that hip or his right hip is always going to be good and in place. We don't want to revert back to step number one, if you will. Right. And so we're just trying to keep him safe. So we're asking, of course, church, that as soon as service is over, you're, you're going to see just a, a few people just kind of safeguarding pastor and he's going to, mm -hmm. he's not going to be able to be where he wants to be. Cause trust me, he, he is a social butterfly. You guys know it, right? <laughs> you guys know it. You guys yeah. know it. Uh, he's dying to be among his people and he yes. is dying to what he's, he's down for, but you know, but he'll take what he can and yes. being here is, is step number one. And mm -hmm. then, then we'll, it, he, then he'll get back there. So, but Manny, what else is going on? Tell us what's happening. Well, Pastor, yeah. today after baptism service, we have our Meet the Pastors yeah. event in Conference Room 106. I like to call it the fishbowl because you got windows, you can peek in. I mean, y'all don't like have that. to. <laughs> yep. Tapping the glass. Exactly. <laughs> what are you guys doing in there? <laughs> you got fingerprints all over it, some, <laughs> some forehead marks. Yeah. You know how it goes. But... It's, uh, it's going to be an awesome yep. time. I love getting to see Meet the Pastors. I'm always here late after service, and to be able to see the room just filled with people wanting to know our church, wanting to know the history of where did New Beginnings come from, what was it built from, and, and where it's at now. It's just such an amazing story to hear. And so come and join us. It's yes. going to be a really good time. It's going to be right after baptisms, after second service, so try and make it happen. Uh, that'll be right there. And then also, church, don't forget, Easter Sunday is right just a few weeks away. And we have some invite cards that our ushers yes. have ready for you. And so if you want to take, if you want to invite, and just, I challenge you to invite. If you say, well, I only have like three friends. Well, guess what? Take three invite cards and invite somebody, right? Or if you want, take four and say, I want to challenge myself and I want to invite maybe five people. But I want you to be intentional and invite people with them. I don't just, you know, just, I'm going to start putting them everywhere. I want you, hey, Lena, I want to invite you to this Easter service. This is going to be awesome. I want you to invite somebody that you want to impact because we're really, really wanting to impact the, body, the kingdom of the Lord and really build up his kingdom. Amen? Amen. So take some invite cards today after service. Our ushers are going to be ready for them, ready for you to grab them. 
Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And speaking of our Easter services, just so you know, church, we are going to be having a good Friday service. That's going to be April the 7th. I think it's a Friday. I'm pretty sure it's a Friday. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, it's going to be starting at 6 p.m., church, and we would just love it if you would be able to come and enjoy that time of worship with us as well. Your, your friends, those invites are also good for that good Friday service as well. So be sure to take those invites. I know I'm going to grab a few today. Please do. I want to bring some coworkers, yeah. and uh, it's going to be amazing. And then also, we will be having um, our normal services on Easter Sunday. It's going to be 9 and 11 a.m. And parents and guardians in the room, just so you're aware, our, child, our children's director, Jessica Ramirez, she is working hard to make sure we have those Easter eggs and all the goodies inside of them for your kids that Sunday. So please be sure, bring your kids, bring their cousins, bring any, anybody. Uh, and By sure. the way, I'm gonna I'm gonna interject something here because if you have like ten minutes during the week or any time, and you're like, "Hey, I feel like stuffing eggs," it's, it'd be awesome for you to stop by and help stuff eggs because Porosita Jessica, she's there talking or she's working and she's on the phone or she's like counseling people and she's like with an egg and she's like, "Yeah." Yeah, and just filling these eggs, and yeah, man, she is going at it, man. So if you can help stuff eggs, we would really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, it would be a, a great, great, great help. Amen. And church, Amen. where are my young people in the house? Young people, we're talking youth group. Youth we're talking group. youth group. Not it's the, the young, not the young at your heart. It's the 9 a.m. service. They're no, still in not, bed right okay. now. Well, then guess what? I'm going to tell you that have young people in your home. Youth camp is right around the corner, so I want you to make sure to register your young people for youth camp, okay? It's a life-changing time, and so if you have not yet signed them up for youth camp, I want you to make sure and sign them up. Registration is on the NBCABQ app mm -hmm. as well as online, and I please invite you to sign them up because registration closes uh, in the middle of April. So we're just about a month away from registration closing, and we still need to hit those numbers where we, 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 we have a goal. And we want to make sure to, to hit that goal. And we, we want you guys to make sure and, and sign up. I know everybody says, oh, yeah, they're going. And I'm going to sign them up. And then, you, and then you forget. But I want to make sure that you make sure to sign them up. Please mm -hmm. get on that app or get online, sign them up. Or you can come up to me, uh, to Sister Lena, or to Brother David in our youth department and sign them up. Mm -hmm. Fundraising is available if you need help with that. And then there's also a scholarship of 25%. Uh, that we pay for your entry fee, for your registration fee. So uh, make sure and get, get all that squared away, okay? And then lastly, church, we want to thank you for always participating in the obedience of the mandate of giving, mm -hmm. of your tithing and, and, and offerings. We thank you so much for that, for your obedience, because we can't do the work without it. Amen? So let's Amen. celebrate what the Lord is doing, because you and I, let's celebrate. Let's celebrate what the Lord is doing. No, I'm serious. When, when I say let's celebrate, we are changing lives across the world, church. We're doing it, man. We are literally doing it. We don't just talk about it, guys. We really do it. We're doing it across the world with our, with our ministries and missions across the world. You and I are doing it, so thank you for your obedience. If you haven't done that yet, the ways to give are on the screen right now. If you haven't done it yet, or you can do it with our tithing boxes around the sanctuary. Amen, church? Amen. And so with that... Church, without no more, what's the word I'm looking for here, Manny? Further ado? Sure, we'll use that <laughs> one, okay? Uh, Pastor Richard, 
Will we please welcome our senior pastor, my senior pastor, Pastor Richard, to the pulpit, please. guys are amazing. You're simply amazing. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. To God be the glory, but boy, it's good to be back. So good to be back. Can you turn the brightest lights, house lights on? I want to see people's faces. Look at you guys. You guys are awesome. I love you all. Go ahead and be seated. Be seated. You know, the past uh, 10 weeks, we have been away from the church, and it's been a journey. Um, I had my first surgery hip replacement on uh, January the 20th, and... Uh, when they went in there, they found out because my hip had been so bad, they had to repair the pelvic bone first, and then they put the new hip. I was doing phenomenal in my recovery. My caregiver spoiled me. She spoiled me really good. And I didn't even know caregivers could sneak in kisses every once in a while. But this one did. <laughs> but three weeks into my recovery, I was really doing really well. But I developed what's called a hematoma. It's a gathering of blood that doesn't get absorbed into the body. And it was literally this big. It was, he said, picture getting a football, cutting it in half and putting it on your back. It was huge. So he said, I hate to tell you this, but we have to do surgery tomorrow. So they took me back in for a second surgery. And that one is the one that set me back a lot because one of my muscles tore. And anyway, so I'm still very fragile. He said, I'm going to let you go back to church, but just getting to know you over this time, you're kind of a boots on the ground kind of guy. And because I'm hugging my doctor, praying with him, praying with my nurses. Pray, I prayed with everybody, ministered to all of them. I just poured myself out, and he said, I know you're a hugger, you told me, and you're a toucher, and, but for the next few weeks, I really can't have you do that. He goes, I'm paranoid someone's going to knock you down, and they're really going to hurt you. So he goes... Don't even reach down to shake their hand because what if they, you lose your balance? So as much as I want to hug you, receive my hug right now. <laughs> but so Cindy and I want to thank all of you so much. The food chain or food train or all I know is people have been bringing food to us. Oh my gosh. I'm like, E, I wonder if they're having a competition to see who could cook better, because every meal was better and better and better and better. They've been amazing. 
And then thank you to Pastor Michael and David, our youth minister, for covering the pulpit on Sundays. They did a great job. For Pastor Jaime Cervantes, who came down from Michigan. And then on Wednesday nights, we had Pastor Eddie, Pastor Chuck, Pastor Chris Cleveland. We had Tomas Mayas. We had A.J. Cully. We had Eddie Mirabal. We had... Um, Oh, God, help me. And Roxy de Santiago. And they did an amazing job. So thank you all. I hope I haven't left anyone out. But uh, enough about connecting about me and Cindy. Now it's time to let's connect with God. Amen? So, Father, thank you. We welcome your presence. I just pray strength to stand this whole time. I pray that, Lord, uh, you just fill me with your power. But we want your power to flow, to minister to us as we really talk about connecting with God's mercy. And I pray this in Christ's name, amen. amen. Go ahead, babe. So uh, we've been doing this sermon series called The Power of God's Mercy. And God's mercy is amazing. It's not giving us what we deserve. We deserve death. The wages of sin is death. But man, God loves us so much. In the book of Titus chapter 3, verse 5, he says, Jesus, he saved us, not because of the righteous things that we have done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and a new life through the Holy Spirit. In the gospel of Luke chapter 10, verse 10 or verse 19, verse 10, rather, it says, For the Son of Man came to seek and save, to seek and save those who are lost. Thank you, Lord, that you love us so much, that you would look for us. Hunt us down so that we have the opportunity to come to know our Lord and Savior and serve him all the days of our life. What a joy. What a joy. Jesus told three stories to explain what he meant by seeking and saving the lost. It's found in the Gospel of Luke chapter 15, and that's where I'm going to be. And we're not going to read the whole thing because it's a long chapter, but there's three points that he makes there. It's kind of a three-point sermon. He, he talks about the lost sheep. He talks about the lost coin, and he talks about the lost son. And in that passage, it's really interesting because it starts off with these two sentences that are really, really powerful. And it says in chapter 15, verse 1, tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. Aren't you glad that New Beginnings Church opens our door to every single person, no matter if you're a tax collector or a notorious sinner, that we don't stand at the door and say, what's your sin? Sorry, we don't let that sin in the church. I'm sorry. We don't, we don't let your kind of people in our church. Let me tell you something. Anyone and everyone is welcome to walk through the doors of New Beginnings Church. Now, until you give your life to Jesus and you start getting discipled, then you can start serving. But everyone's welcomed to hear the gospel, to hear of his love. 
Verse 2 says, because the notorious sinners and tax collectors came to Jesus, it says, this made the Pharisees and teachers of religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. Like, what's wrong with you, Jesus? Why are you hanging out with those kind of people? Why are you talking to those kind? Have you ever been called one of those kind? Uh, we don't know if we really like you and your kind here. You know, we don't really take your kind of people around here. What does that even mean? God forgive us if we've ever had that kind of attitude. God forgive us if we've ever said those kind of words. God forgive us if we've ever said those things to anyone or even thought of them in our mind. Because God is opening himself up to everyone. And then these stories, these three stories of the lost sheep and the lost coin and the lost son, he's talking about lostness, and lostness implies that whatever you lost has value. In the lost coin, it's talking about, man, you know, in the lost sheep, it's, it, he says, man, he goes, he goes, you know, I'm going to talk about the lost sheep. And, and he goes, you know, if you had 100 sheep and one of them straight off, you're going to walk away from 99 to go get them. He goes, that's what I do. And when he's talking about the lost sheep, he's talking about something really powerful, how lost. And so what then, when we lose something spiritually, it really relates. And he's trying to tell us what our spiritual life is like when we are lost, and he goes, you're like a lost sheep. And like lost sheep, first thing we do, we, we lose our direction. We are so lost. We are out there. We can't even know top from bottom. You get out of a mess, and you walk right into what? Another one. And you go, I'll never do that again. Five minutes later, there you are. It's like, oh, Lord, what's wrong with me? I'm glad you guys have never done that, but second service, they do that. They do that. I know first service never does that. Yeah, right. <laughs> We're all weird, aren't we? It's like, what's wrong with us? I don't understand us. I don't understand why we do those things. But Isaiah chapter 53, verse 6, tells us, for all of us like sheep have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. Look, there's a video probably a bunch of you have seen, but this reminds us of all of us because Jesus is saying, you and I, we're like sheep. Check out this video. That's us, stuck in that ditch. And there God sends an angel to get us out. Like, what's wrong with us? What's wrong with us? 
We lose our direction. Without God, you just kind of stumble out there. Some of you are going, oh, that was me last night. That was me last night. You know what? We, when, when we're like lost sheep and we're not walking with God and we get disconnected from the God, we lose our direction. But not only that, we lose God's protection. God has his hand over us. God is watching over us. God is guiding you. And he's saying, don't go in that direction. Don't go in that direction. No, don't do that. How many times have you felt in your spirit, God says, don't do that. And you went and did it and you go, I knew I shouldn't have done this. God even told some, put people in my way. God is trying to protect us. In the book of Zechariah, chapter 10, verse 2, it says, household gods give worthless advice. Fortune tellers predict only lies, and interpreters of dream pronounce falsehoods that give no comfort. He goes, so my people are wandering like sheep. They are attacked because they have no shepherd, no shepherd to protect them, to guide them, to take them where they need to go. He also says, you're like a lost coin, a lost coin, He talks about this lady that had lost a coin and she had 10 and she lost one and she swept her house, turned her house upside down, inside out, told all her neighbors, I lost this coin because it was valuable to me. It was valuable. You don't understand the things I was gonna do with this coin. You don't understand the potential I had with this money, the things we were gonna do. And we need to understand like a lost coin, we lose our potential. God has a calling on each one of us. God has a plan for our life. God says, I have a plan for you. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. He wants to prosper us and not hurt us. He wants to use us and minister to us. He wants to do things through our life that he hasn't ever done before. And all of a sudden, we should drift away and pull away from God. And before you know it, you're sitting there going, what's wrong with me? I could have done that. I used to be a greeter. I used to be an usher. I used to be on the hospitality team. I used to be on the prayer team. I used to work in the children's department. I used to be in the women's department. I used to be in the men's department. I used to be in the youth department. I used to be on the worship team. I used to be, I used to be, I used to be. But you know what? Because I'm lost right now. I've lost my potential. I can't serve where I need to be like that lost coin. If you had that coin, you're going, oh my goodness gracious. It's amazing. It's simply amazing. And all of a sudden you go, the things I'm going to do with this. I'll never forget one time we had water damage at our house and our insurance company sent us a check and it was about just under $8,000. And I had set that desk on my, a check on my desk at the office. And if you've never been in my office and seen my desk, I have piles. I don't file stuff until it's finished, then I put it away. Otherwise, this is my working Right now, file, this is the next thing I got to do, and this is next month. And I had my check right there. I said, well, I'm going to deposit it sometime this week. And all of a sudden, somebody decided to come and be really nice and straighten out my desk. And I lost track of everything, including the $7,000 check. And I couldn't find that check for days on end. And they turned my office inside out and upside down. And Cindy and I were dreaming, man, we're going to be able to put the new flooring in that got damaged. We're going to be able, we're going to be able, we're going to be able. And we weren't able to do anything because we had lost the potential because we lost the money. 
And thank God it was finally found. And we were like, hallelujah, praise the Lord. And we all celebrated. And we went and cashed a check. And I took everyone out to dinner. And I spent all the money on dinner. No, 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 no. no I, I didn't do that. But see, we lose potential. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, it says, this is what the scripture says when it means no eye has seen and no ear has heard and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. He has something prepared for you. He has such potential. So make sure you're not disconnected from God. Then he talks about the lost son, and he talks about this man, and he had this son that all of a sudden said, you know, Dad, I mean, you're a wealthy man, and you've been real good to us, but why wait till you die that I get my inheritance? Can I just have it now? And the dad's going, well, son, if you think you want it, I'm okay. He gives him his inheritance. The son goes out, and he just goes wild. He just goes wild. Look what it says in chapter, it's Luke 15, verse 14. About that time, his money ran out. You ever had a lot of money and all of a sudden it runs out? And a great famine swept. Now things, there's, you ran out of money, but now all the resources around you are running out. And it swept over the land and he began to starve. You know what happens when we are lost? We lose our happiness. Have you ever been disconnected from your mom and dad or a brother or sister because of some kind of argument, and now all of a sudden you're hurting and you're there going, golly, I feel like this. I'm so sad. We're disconnected. We're not together. I'm so broken. I don't know what's happening. I don't know how to get through this. And your happiness is gone because of our wandering nature. It separates us from God. We have this this curiosity. Man, let's go look around. Curiosity killed the cat. Someone said satisfaction brought it back. No, it wasn't salvation brought him back. (laughs) Satisfaction ends up in that ditch again the second time around. We've got to make sure that we quit wandering. We also, our circumstances separate us from God. We get in messes, and before you know it, how many of you have made a bad decision, and you end up in a mess, and before you know it, because you got so messed up, and you're so deep in your mess, you just say, forget it. I can't even go to church. I'm sure everyone knows, and nobody even knows. But you walk in, and you think you're walking in like if your zipper's open. Everyone's staring. (laughs) They're staring at me. They're staring. No, they're not. Look at that, they're laughing. They're laughing because they're happy they got a donut. And now they're Dunkin' Donuts, aye, aye. <laughs> you, you gotta understand our circumstances messes up and also our choices separate us from God. Moses declared to the people in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 30, he says, choose you this day. This day I present to you life and death. Oh, that you would choose life. Oh, that you would choose life. But we have the ability and we have the right to choose death. And oh, how many times have we chose death? Father, forgive us. Help us, God. Bring us back to you. And not only do we lose our happiness, but we lose our home in heaven. In Luke chapter 9, verse 25, it says, What does it benefit you if you gain the whole world, but you are yourself lost or destroyed? You gain the whole world but you lose your soul. You have all of this stuff. Guess what? You don't have Jesus. 
You have all of this worldly wealth, but you're spiritually impoverished. You're bankrupt. I'm telling you. But let me tell you something. No matter how lost you might be, no matter how far away from God you might have drifted, no matter how disconnected from God you are, you are still incredibly valuable. You have not lost your value. I had stashed a $100 bill in my wallet because I was going to use it as an example. But my wallet's over there. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have said my wallet's over there. Now someone's going, oh, there's 100 bucks in it. Let me go get it. <laughs> but picture in my hand a $100 bill. It's $100. Now, all of a sudden, life comes along And sometimes in that $100 bill, people have a way of spitting all over you. Have you ever been spit at by people? Spit at with their hurls of insults and their their ridicule and their, their just disdain? And some people wipe their nose on, on that $100 bill? And some wad it up and throw it down, and some stomp all over it, and some throw it right in the mud, and it gets run over by the car, and it gets chewed up by the dog. But when it's all said and done, you pull that out, and it's filthy, and it's no longer crisp and new, and it's all wadded up, and it's filthy. But guess what? It's still worth $100. That's your and my life, guys. You got to understand that. In God's eyes, he loves you. In John 3, 16, it says, for this is how God loved the world, that he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have what? Everlasting life, eternal life. God's mercy saves us. You got to understand his mercy saves us. Look, salvation rescues us from ourselves. It rescues us from us because we're a mess. We can't save ourselves. First Timothy chapter 2, verse 10 says, For there is one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity, the man, Christ Jesus. Psalm 50, verse 15 says, Then call on me when you are in trouble, and I will rescue you and will give me and, and you will give me glory. Man, salvation saves us from ourselves. It also recovers our potential. Many of us, you've heard our story. I thought my life was over. I had become a man that was out of control. Alcohol had taken over my life, and I was out of control. I was about to lose my marriage. I thought I had lost my marriage. I didn't have any children at the time, but I thought I had lost everything. And when I got saved, God gave me a new life. He gave me a new wife. Oh, it was the same wife. (laughs) Same name. She looked the same. But I'm telling you, she got saved too, and God transformed her. And I was new, and she was new, and we were new, and we are new. You see, he gave us back a potential. I never thought I'd be a pastor. I didn't even know what a pastor was. But you know what? God is amazing in his sovereign love. Man, in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, he says, then the Lord says, come to me, all you 
who are weary, you're exhausted, you can't do this anymore, and carrying those heavy burdens, I'll give you rest, I'll, I will renew your potential, I'll make you new again, I'll take that burden off your life. In Joel chapter 2, verse 25, he says, I will give you back what you lost. What the swarming locusts, the hopping locusts, the stripping locusts, and the cutting locusts took from you. Man, haven't you had swarming locusts around you? They're just waiting for you to go down. Hopping locusts, they're just out to get you. They're hopping all over the place, just causing misery to everybody. Stripping you of your dignity, stripping you of your identity, cutting you. But yet God says, I'm going to give you back everything. And salvation also reconnects us to God. That's why it's so important for us to get connected, to really be and stay connected to God. It's so important that we do that. And it's so important that we hold on to that. And it's so important that we never let go of that. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 and 18, it says, for this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new one has begun and all of this is a gift from God who brought, who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us, he's given us the task of reconciling people to him. What a joy. What a joy to know that. What a joy to have that. What a joy to believe that. What a joy to ha- experience that. It's just powerful. It's just overwhelming. It's just amazing. And we hold on to his truth, and we hold on to his love, and we hold on to that mercy. So when we understand that, and when you connect with God's mercy, amazing things happen. So what is it that you and I need to do to connect to his mercy? See, some of you have been there, and now you drifted, and you think, because people have told you, oh, you'll never change. You know what? You're always going to be worthless. Oh, you'll always be, you'll always be, you'll always be. And I'm telling you, in Christ, we are a new creation. Old things are passed away. All things are made new. Hallelujah. Guess what? I'm no longer garbage. He takes that filthy, dirty, wadded up $100 bill out of the muck, and he cleans it up, and he makes us crisp again. And oh, we might have some wrinkles in there and some cuts, but those are the wrinkles he's going to say, now use those for my glory and tell your story of how God changed your life. So to connect with God's mercy, the first thing we really need to do is we've got to get fed up with our own life. Are you fed up? Are you finally exhausted enough? Are you finally tired enough to say, I can't do this anymore? Something has to change. Men, your wife might be a little bugged and she might be kind of hard to live with sometimes, but you are too. <laughs> Ladies, your husband could be a pain in the neck and sometimes drive you insane, but you're not perfect either. Children, your parents and children, your parents and your children, and on it. We could go on and on and on. We need to understand we need to change. God, help us change. I'm fed up with my life. I can't do this anymore. Man, it says that the, the younger brother asked his dad, okay, dad, give me the money. 
He went out and he wasted it. He ran out of money. A great famine hit. He began to starve. So he begged a local farmer, can I work for you? He's there taking care of, taking care of the pigs. He's a Jew and he's taking care of pigs. They're not supposed to deal with pork. That's how low his life had gotten. And now he's feeding the pigs and it says that even the pig's food looked good to him. He became so, he began, began, uh, he became so hungry that even the pods that he was feeding the pigs looked good to him. Haven't you ever been there where you're so low that even the pathetic thing looks decent to you? Because you're like, I'm so low, even the lows are looking better than me. God help us. Are you tired of your life? Because Jeremiah says in 29.13 that if you look for me, meaning if you look for God wholeheartedly, you will find me. You need to connect to him. You need to realize I'm fed up with my life. I can't do this anymore. The second thing you need to do if you're going to connect to God's mercy is you need to own up to your sin. It's everyone's fault but ours, isn't it? Adam, the woman you gave me. Eve, the serpent. Why don't you just own up? You know what? I messed up. I knew I wasn't supposed to eat it. Eve kept saying, oh, please, Adam, please join me, Adam. Join me, Adam. Oh, come on, Adam. What could I do, God? She was naked and she was offering me fruit. You developed her like that. You brought her to me. She was naked and you said, look at her. Isn't she beautiful? And you went, orale. yeah, she is. She's absolutely gorgeous. Sin will seduce you. It'll take you down. Own up to it. Don't blame it on everyone else. No, you don't understand. I was walking down the sidewalk and I tripped and all of a sudden I had an affair. I was just walking down the sidewalk. I tripped and I I got drunk. I was just walking down the sidewalk and I tripped and I started gossiping. I just, am am I connecting with anyone? We, We don't own up to our sin. It says in Luke 15 that he finally came to his senses. The son's going, what's wrong with me? What have I done? And he said these words, I have sinned against God and man. I've sinned against heaven and you, Father. I'm ashamed. Own up to your sin. And then we need to surrender ourselves to God. He had surrendered himself up to himself, the the son. The son had said, God, I mean, Dad, hey, can you give me everything up front now? Doesn't it sound like us with God? Hey, God, God, I got a wish list. God, give me, give me, give me, give me. God, give me, give me, give me, give me. God. And he goes, well, how are you going to use it for my glory? Just give it to me, watch. And we make a mess out of ourselves. Man, he said, I want my share. He comes back in Luke 15, verse 19. He says, I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. I'm I'm a mess. God, I'm sorry. Dad, please, Dad, please. Take me on as a hired servant. Please, Dad, please. I'm giving you myself. That's what he's saying there. He's saying, I got to give myself back to my dad. 
to my father. See, you and I drift from God and then we think we're not worthy and then we think we're not going to be accepted again because there's been some people that haven't accepted us. There's been some people that have pushed us away. There's been some people that say, you know what? I can't do this anymore. I'm sorry, I know you're my son, but you can't come to this house anymore. I'm sorry, I know you're my brother, but you can't come to our house anymore. I know, I know you're my husband or my wife, but I can't do this anymore. I know you're an amazing employee, but I've gone around this circle way too many times. I can't do this anymore. And on and on and on and on. But Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary, and I'll give you rest. Look at the father's response. It's found in Luke chapter 15, verse 20. It says, so he returned home to his father. And while he was still a long ways off, his father saw him coming. He was a long ways off. But you know what it tells me? Every single day, his daddy was looking for him. Every single day, his daddy had an open eye for him. Every single day, the Lord was saying, is today the day? Today's the day of salvation. Today's your day. I've been looking out for you. I've been wanting you to come to the altar. I've been wanting you to surrender your life to Jesus. I've been wanting you to become a Christian. I've been wanting you to have eternal life and have freedom. Is today your day? He said, He saw him a long way off, and the father saw him coming and filled with love and compassion. He wasn't hateful. He wasn't turn or burn. He wasn't, what are you doing here? Get off the property. No trespassing. He ran to his son. He embraced him, and he kissed him. And this is how I know God's Hispanic. Because it says right there, I mijito. Okay, it doesn't say that. But in my head, he said, I mijito. Because that's what I heard him say to me when I finally surrendered. I don't know what language you heard it in, but you heard it in your spirit. God welcoming you back and saying, I forgive you. I love you. I want you here. I need you here. Can someone let the worship team know to come back up? There's usually a button for me to push, and there's no buttons for me to push. They know I'm a button pusher. They say, hide the buttons, he's back. (laughs) But you know what? We need to reconnect to God. Look, if you haven't gotten saved, today's your day. If you've never given your life to Jesus, today's your day. Now, if you have given your life to Jesus and you drifted away, then it's time to come back. It's time to come back. It's time to come back. And, and then the way you stay connected is you keep coming to church. I loved what Jaime told the UHC graduates. And by the way, congratulations. Cindy and I were home cheering you guys on. But Pastor Jaime said, you might have graduated the program, but you didn't graduate God and you didn't graduate the church. Keep coming to church. You also get connected and stay connected by being a part of a small group. What small ministry are you a part of? 
And you also do it by listening to sermons and listening to Christian music and by reading the Bible. There's a ministry called Back to the Bible. And they have a department in that ministry called the Center of Bible Engagement. And the Center of Bible Engagement recently did a survey of 400,000 Americans from the age of 8 years old to 80 years old. And they found out that when people read the Bible four days or more a week, four times or more, just four times, four days in a week, we have seven days. So if you read it more than 50% of the time, and they're not even saying reading in chapter and chapter and chapter, they're just saying reading the Bible. If you read the Bible four days in one week, 30% less likely to struggle with loneliness. You're 32% less likely to struggle with anger. You're 40% less likely to feel bitterness in relationships just by reading the Bible four times a week. You're 57% more, less likely to get drunk. You're 60% less likely to have spiritual stagnation. You're 61% less likely to view pornography. You're 68% less likely to have sex outside of marriage. You're 74% less likely to gamble. You're 228% likely that you will share your faith with other people. And you are 407% likely to memorize scripture. Isn't that amazing? And that's just reading the Bible four days in a week, four times a week, four days out of a week. See, it's important for us to have our connection. What it's saying there is that the consequences of disengaging from God's word and disengaging from God is death. But today I'm offering you life. And if you've never said yes to Jesus and you've never given your life to him, oh, how I want you to surrender today. I invite you to welcome Jesus into your life. To say, Lord Jesus, come, forgive me of my sins. And if you've never done that, I would love to invite you to come to the altar so we could pray with you. There's prayer people that want to pray with you. Prayer team, can you make your way up? And if you need prayer because you've never given your life to Christ, make your way up right now. Say, I want to give my life to Jesus. And maybe you just need to reconnect with God. Maybe you've drifted from God and you're already got saved, but you're like, I need to reconnect with God. I need to submit myself to God. Would everyone stand? And I'm telling you, I believe with all my heart, God is speaking to people right now. And he's saying, come on, this was for you today. This wasn't because Brother Richard's back. This is because God spoke to your heart and you have been waffling. You have been half-stepping. You have been wish-washing with God. And today God is saying, come unto me. Come on. Come on up. Surrender your life. Surrender your heart. Surrender your grief. Make your way up as we sing this song. Make your way up and let God speak into your heart. There's plenty of time. Maybe you want somebody to walk up here with you. Say, would you come with me?
say, this is my day. This is my time. This is my moment. It's my moment to surrender. It's my moment to give it all to him. To say, I'm not going to do it on my own anymore. I'm going to completely release it to him. Into his hands. Oh, yes, you are, God. You're amazingly good. Keep coming. There's time. Ask God to just minister to refresh you right now. Sing it out. Say, God, fill me with your power. Renew me, Lord. Forgive me. I'm confessing my sins. I'm owning up to my sins. I'm not playing games. I'm going to do it upon your will and your way, not mine. Maybe you've been real childish lately. And you haven't been getting things the way you want. Come and surrender and take up things the way he wants. Oh, yes, Lord, we love you. you are, Lord. Oh, yes, you are, Father. Yes, you are. Heavenly Father, we love you. We're so grateful for your love. We're so grateful for your mercy. We're so just overwhelmed by your goodness. We're asking, Father, for a mighty move of your Holy Spirit. We're asking, Father, for you to keep pouring yourself into us and out into our life and our family's life. Would someone pray with this amazing couple right here? David, right here. And Father, we're believing that God right now We've all been given a choice to reconnect with you. Some of us have a strong connection, and I pray, Lord, it not only stays strong, but it even gets stronger. Some of us, Lord God, we've been kind of wishy-washy. We've been kind of in and out. We've been kind of like, yeah, I'm in, but, well, I'm almost in, and, well, I'm in most of the time. God... Your word says that either we be hot or cold because even if we're lukewarm, we're going to be spit, vomited out of your mouth. So God, set us on fire again. And Lord, there's some of us that are so cold, God, we've never even surrendered to you. Or we've walked away. And we've walked away and we said that 
God can't use me anymore. God doesn't even want me anymore. And that's a lie from the pit of hell. Father, help us to reconnect today. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And God's people shout out, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Can you turn the house lights back on so I could get to see everyone's face? I love you, church. We love you. Keep praying for my strength to come back. God bless you guys.